On this episode of Executor Help, we're going to talk about something that maybe a lot of people don't even think about, and that's gift planning, and how to make it part of the estate planning process. So what does it mean to add charitable giving to an estate plan? Next on Executor Help, I've got an expert with all the answers. Welcome to the Executor Help Podcast, the show dedicated to help you settle an estate, pick an executor, and avoid family fights. For more information, visit davidedy.com. Now here's your host, David Eady. With me today here on Executor Health, the uh, podcast, I've got Paul Nazareth. He's VP of Canadian Association of Gift Planners. Uh, Paul, I want to take, thank you for taking the time to be here today. How did you, I think your story is kind of interesting, the backstory of uh, how you ended up in the world of philanthropy. I stumble on that word sometimes. How did you end up in, in this area? You know, like a lot of people who grew up in the world of volunteerism with their parents and other people very active in this space. So as a kid, I was involved in every fundraiser there was, hanging off the back of trucks, collecting clothes, put on the streets to sell chocolate almonds. Uh, and even as a kid, I recognized how inefficient that was. And when I got older and frankly spent some time in the world of sales and didn't find a foot there, when I connected with fundraising, raising capital for social good, I realized this was home for me. So it was a very exciting thing. And I got to work for some cool organizations. Uh, the largest university uh, in Canada worked for the Pope for a while. Uh, wait, 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 before, you go, before you go on to that. So you work for the Pope. Which Pope was that? And how uh, did you end up there? Regional franchises, I like to say. Uh, meaning the, you know, the Catholic Church is separated, separated into what's called diocese or archdiocese. And this was the Archdiocese of Toronto, the largest group of churches in Canada, eighth largest in North America. So 230 churches, just a little under 3 million people sitting in the pews. Uh, and again, it was about that strategy of how not just money is collected, but how we talk about money, meaning, and giving within a community. So when it comes to uh, charitable giving, what do people applying their estates need to know? You know, it's, I often say it's about the balance of head and heart. You know, a lot of people just try to do the head stuff, plan out what do I want to give my heirs and things, and they don't ask the big questions. Again, one of the biggest mistakes to ask in charitable giving for estate planners is, do you want to put a charity in your will? Well, when you ask people that way, most people are like, well, I don't know. And in fact, a lot are saying no. But when you ask them, how do you want to be remembered? Let's talk about values. What is the story you want to tell with your estate to your children, your family, your community? Then everything really changes and people get very passionate about talking about their legacy. Are, are, is it an, an easy step or do people think about it when it comes to planning their estate, thinking about what they should be doing with the head and heart that you always talk about? You know, we know it's not easy because so many people don't do it, right? Half of the country doesn't have a will. And so part of it is, is entering into that discussion. Again, one of the things that we represent is the Gift Planning Association. We're the bridge between philanthropy, fundraising, and financial and estate planning. We want people to make wills, yeah, and put charities in them. But first, to make a will to protect themselves, it's not easy. It's a lot of thinking. Although I've, I always find it, found it funny when I worked in a trust company, in a bank, that people have more anxiety about who's going to get the dog then who's going to get all of their money on earth? When it, when it comes to the, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the head and heart part, but maybe some people need to be 
look at it in a different way when it comes to charitable giving. I know in the U.S. there's uh, well, there's some advantages, but let's talk about what makes charitable giving so adv- advantageous in Canada. You know, Canada has one of the single greatest charitable tax credit systems in the Western world, in life and in a state. And explicitly what I mean by that is we have so many benefits that, that affect the average person, not just the wealthy. When you give in Canada over $200, you're getting back 50 cents on the dollar pretty much. And you've got great, powerful uh, opportunities like the exemption of capital gains on securities. And in your estate, you can be giving away using your tax credits to affect 100% of your income tax in year of death and terminal return. So you've got such amazing tax opportunities. But I'll remind everybody that most people don't know. It's only when their planner brings it up. And why do they give? They give because they care and they want help to help people in need. And we have the data on that. So it's that's what I mean by head and heart. Because again, as a planner, if you just ask your client, do you want to give? Most people don't think of it as a priority of planning. But when they think about the context of their life, again, money as meaning, then they go, oh, absolutely. And, re- and reminding planners too, it's not a new topic. Pretty much everybody's giving in some way, shape or form. You just got to tap into that. Right. And I think also, if you are going to be giving, you're also um, putting this this component of your estate plan in place is also making it easier on your executor, because it's also going to help them when it comes to making sure the final tax return is done, because there's going to be more money left in the estate, which will be passed on to the to the beneficiaries, which you, the testator has decided where they want the money to go. So you're not only helping others, you're also going to be helping the, the executor and the, um, the estate when it comes to the tax planning areas. Now, I, I, we, when we, just before we were about to start, you were telling me about a story about a, you know, when, when it comes to uh, charitable giving that we, a lot of people get hung up on it. It's only for the, the rich when actually, you know, a lot of just the everyday individual can do uh, can do good. And you were talking about a financial planner and his and his mother. Yeah. And again, you know, we get caught up on these words like philanthropy. Some of the most general people, I, generous people I've met in my career don't think of themselves as philanthropists. And so this was a great example of an advisor who talked to me about making a charitable plan for his mom. And let me tell you, nobody gives more authentic and real advice than when you're talking to your mom. And so he said, my mom is generous. And again, think of your mom. Anybody listen to this podcast? Most parents and families are generous. They're already giving away money. Let's bring them a plan that alleviates their their anxiety. So the key thing for this individual was saying, we've got to decouple the timing of the tax benefits and when people usually give away money. When we're talking about seniors on a fixed income, very often they're giving away money in the kind of Judeo-Christian holiday season of Christmas and New Year's, and they stress themselves out because they're giving away money to family, they're doing things that cost money, hosting, etc., and they're going to do charitable giving. So he was creating a plan in which she would create a fund at a local community foundation, she would put mutual funds in there, take advantage of the capital gains, but then at that season, she has a fund to give away money from that is not stressing out her cash flow. That's a simple plan for an everyday person but so many people are already doing it and they don't have these kind of plans. So was she accepting to this, to, to, to go along with this, not only what she's doing now, but also it comes to her estate plan when she's, you know, when she's going to be gone. 
And again, you know, the estate plan factors in because you say, how do we create the that that space in the estate, use the tax benefits? But the hesitancy was not around the money, the mind, because again, very often you trust your advisor to do that. A lot of it is the emotional. They say, well, is that going to affect the way I give and the timing? I love to see it, feel it. You know, I remember having a senior citizen mention to me that they care about giving and they feel like it needs to be a sacrifice. It doesn't mean that it doesn't need to be. And in this particular case, using the tax benefits meant that they could give away probably around 50% more in life. And this wasn't seven figures, but they can give away a lot more in life. And when they plan it as part of their estate, they can give away 10 to 100 times more. And that brings them incredible fulfillment. Okay, well, you, you talk on the upside of, you know, charitable giving and the, the head and heart. But what about the individual who's who's got in their, uh, in their will that they want to give to um, a particular charity. And, but on the other side, we've got the negative part where the beneficiaries aren't in step with that, with that plan. And they're not, and they're saying, well, you're giving to, to strangers, whereas you're giving less, leaving less to us. Is that a, a common problem? You know, not as common as, as planners think. I get asked this question all the time. And, you know, are the courts wrapped up with litigation or fighting charitable giving? No. And that's because, again, we're, we're very proud as the association to be connecting planners and charities to help plan this, even this, this discussion well with family. Once you, you help children to understand, you know, let me take a step back. Warren Buffett gave us a great gift when he said, I want to give my kids enough that they can do anything, but not too much that they'll do nothing. And so when you let the kids know, I'm going to take care of you, you're going to get everything you need and want, but this is a priority of my life to leave a legacy, to create opportunity for others. And once you make a good plan, show the kids it's not going to hurt them in their uh, inheritance. And all of a sudden we flip from being scared that mom and dad are giving away my money to being proud that our family is creating a social legacy. Once you bring the kids in, show them the plan, very many times, it's not just they're going to object to it. They start saying, how do I give to this? This is our family legacy. And of course, as an advisor, even as a charity, you want that next generation of business. You want that next generation of donor and loyalty. Transparency brings great power. But what if, if as an individual, I've never given before? And, and how do I know what to look for in a charity? What are some of the red flags that I know that I'm not going to get scammed. For sure. And, you know, that's the head part. Although I will challenge and say, how many people out there have never given before? We're all given at some point, frankly, mostly by social blackmail on Facebook and from uncles and aunts and friends asking for money for their walks, runs and rides. You know, people are giving, but how do you make sure the charity is doing what you want? You know, there's two perspectives as always. From the head side is the organization doing what they say they'll do. You can see that in annual reports. But from a financial perspective, are they adhering to the governance that both the government and best practices apply? Wonderfully enough, in, in, in North America, there is transparency. All of their financial papers are online. Again, I find that people who are giving tend to do their research like an investor. So the larger amount they're giving, the more due diligence they want to do. All of that financial uh, material is available. But if you're given 20 bucks, if you're giving 100 bucks, then look, you know, it is easy to look up the organization to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. But you know, that's a thing. Sometimes people really overthink that part. 
okay, so let's, what are some of, you know, in, in your uh, experience, what have been some of the larger charitable uh, donations that you've seen in, in an estate plan? Well, you know, in my career, over the past 21 years, I have worked for some charities that are small, and I've also worked for a few that are very large, one of Canada's largest organizations, Canada Helps Online, but I did work in a trust company in a bank. And in that program tied to foundations, donor advised funds, high net worth client planning, we've seen gifts up to $100 million, you know, but the, your average giver at the high net worth level is giving away a couple million very often and taking advantage of the tax benefits as part of it. And why? Because they have a good planner, because a good estate planner can say, here's what you can afford to give away. Here's what a sacrifice or a stretch looks like. But we also got to remember in North America right now, largest amount of people with the least amount of kids in our history. So what used to be splitting up your estate among six to eight people is now down to one or two. And again, we have the largest amount of people with no kids. So there's a lot of space for legacy in estate planning right now. So then if we've, we talked about what could be the largest, what is some of the smaller for the average individual who doesn't think they have a lot of money, but to a charity, their gift would be uh, pretty substantial. What, is, what have you seen? What's the average? You know, that's the thing that's frankly very exciting. The democratization of giving, especially in the estate world, is exciting. I've had people reduced to tears when we're sitting there showing them what they can afford to give away in their estate. Because again, they're going to go. They can't take it with them. And all of a sudden, when you show everything that you're worth and the amount you can afford to give away for a middle class person that has never written a check for more than a couple hundred bucks to show them that they can afford to give away 10,000 plus is so meaningful to them. So a reminder, this is not just for the wealthy, it's specifically here in Canada, the tax benefits are available above 200 bucks. That's in your estate, that's in your income tax. It is completely accessible for the average person. And again, when they use these benefits, they get inspired because they can do more in life and in their estate. Okay. So to, to wrap up, what would you say should be the next steps if anyone is planning their estate and they want to add a charitable um, gift giving uh, component? What would you say should be the first steps? Indeed. And what are you doing? You're creating a generosity portfolio. So start where you are. Again, most people, you know, gather your tax receipts from last year. Most people are already giving. You probably already have a top 10 list of charities. So, you know, bring that, get that together before you talk to your estate planner, bring it to them and say, and again, challenge them to say, I need you to help me make it affordable to make a gift to these organizations that I already support in life. Then very often when they show you that you can afford to give away more, maybe you can bring in a couple other organizations into that mix or think about what that money is going to do and give it a bit more purpose. So, you know, start where you are, start with the heart, think about what difference you want to make in the world, what people you want to care for, and then challenge your advisor to bring in the head, the planning, the strategy, and take advantage of these benefits. And I think also the other key thing is to make sure that you start with the basic, make sure you have a will. And also ha add, uh, have those conversations. Can do this if you don't have a will. Again, that's why we launched this national campaign in Canada, part of a global consortium of legacy campaigns. Ours is called Willpower. And anybody listening to this will hear about this in the next couple of years. It's a national campaign, billboards, radio, television, print. We want to make it normal for Canadians to make a will to protect themselves and their estate but also put a charity in it to have that fulfillment that their life had purpose. 
Is that a, is that a problem that your association decided to come out with this program? It could be part of the very purpose of why we exist. Again, we're, we're the bridge between philanthropy and financial and estate planning. Many fundraising organizations exist to help people give and to do fundraising. And we're there to make sure that people have integrated the charitable giving they're already doing into their financial and estate plan, taking advantage of the incredible benefits our government has given us over the past 30 years. Paul Nazareth, I want to thank you for being uh, being here. You're VP of Canadian Association of Gift Planners. I want to thank you very much for being on the Executor Help podcast. If people want to get in touch with you, it'll be in the show notes. There's a link. Will they find more information about Willpower as well on uh, on your website? Yeah, absolutely. And again, they can just go to willpower.ca, find out everything they need to Google it. It should be easy to find. Okay. And I'm grateful for this opportunity to share our message, David. We really appreciate it. Thanks very much for being here. You've been listening to the Executor Help Podcast. For more details, visit davidedy.com or follow David on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter.